I came to the realization that the only way that I can possibly fail is if I stop trying. And for me, that was the biggest thing. I was like, okay, so that means that it's impossible to fail. There is no such thing as failure. Wow. I can either learn a lesson. So if I make an investment, two thing, one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to learn a lesson or I'm going to win my investment. I'm going to win money. So wow. I either win knowledge or I win money. I can only win. And wow. once you have that mindset shift, you're like, okay, well, I can't really fail then. So I either become better at investing or I'm going to make a bunch of money. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the eFormula podcast. I'm really excited because today I have a special, special guest in the house. Hassan Zilin came straight from Dubai. <laughs> straight from Dubai, bro. <laughs> to, to Miami Important. for the eFormula podcast. Hassan, how is, how is Dubai before we get things going? Yeah, man, Dubai was awesome. Uh, you know, got a, a lot of really cool experiences there. It's very nice. I was surprised to find out that the city's only been around for about 51 years. And yeah. they've built out so much. Like, the city is massive. You can just drive and drive and drive and you're still in Dubai. It's pretty crazy, but everything is super nice for that reason. Um, it's all really, really new and really like modern and luxury and they've really done a good job designing the stuff out there. So wow. really great place, beautiful architecture, great customer service. Um, it's really just an awesome place to visit. Amazing. I know you didn't go just for fun. I know you was hunting for some opportunities. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. <laughs> but Huston, yeah. you know, for the people that doesn't know you and for me personally, I've recently got to meet you, learn a little bit more about your story. I was blessed to see you speak on stage and all that amazing stuff. But for the people that are listening, can you give people just a quick rundown of who is Aston? Because I know <laughs> looking into your story, you are somebody that is committed with time optimization and it started at early age. Yeah. And your commitment got you to convince your principal to move you up to classes. Yeah. And yeah, I got yeah. that from your TED Talks. <laughs> I was like, that's incredible. So yeah. why don't you give people what? When did the idea of time optimization start? Yeah, so my name is Austin Zellen, for anybody who doesn't know me. And one of the biggest themes in my life, and um, I think that it's kind of carried into business and personal and career-wise, one of the biggest things that I love is efficiency and especially condensing time. I'm always in a competition with time because I've mm -hmm. realized that Time is the most valuable thing that we have. 100%. If there's any way that I can find a way to not waste my time on something, whether that's buying groceries or working or whatever it might be, if I can find a way to do that, then I'm all for it. And so even early on in my career, like you said, in school, I remember I think I was in first grade at that point, and I remember going to class, and at that point, I was just getting old enough to realize what the concept of time is. And so I remember looking at the clock and I'm like, okay, so if each one of those numbers is an hour, I can count one, two, three, four, five. And I remember counting from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Wow. I was like, that's seven hours. <laughs> no, I couldn't believe it. And so I went home and I'm like, mom, am I really at school for seven hours? And she said, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I was like, no way, that's so long. Because it didn't feel that long. But I realized that it literally was seven hours of my day every single day. And at that point in time, that really, really stuck with me because I was like, that's, that's crazy, first of all. 100%. Second of all, so much of my day, it's spent here instead of doing the things that I like. At that point, I like to be outside riding my bike, you know, <laughs> playing in the mud, whatever it was. But for me, that realization really caused me to like, think about life differently. Wow. And eventually with that, 
like molded into was me realizing that, hey, what if I could do all these things at school faster? And so mm. I started challenging myself a little bit to do things faster and better. And I remember my goal always, whenever we had a quiz or a test in school, I always wanted to be the first one that was done. To and I would say 99% of the time, I was always the first one to turn wow. in my test. Um, just because I would, I would like rush through it. But for me, that was more valuable than taking my time and like, you know, thinking about it too much. I just wanted to get it done 100%. as fast as I possibly could. And so eventually I got to a point where I was just getting bored in school. And so in first grade, mm. I remember complaining to my parents. I was like, man, this like, this is super boring. Like I've already figured all this stuff out because I was pushing myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I had a, another motivation. And eventually what that turned into is I went to our principal. Uh, my parents talked to the principal. The principal was like, okay, cool. Well, let's test him. And so they put me into this exam and they tested me in all the different subjects to wow. kind of place me what grade I should be in. And so my average grade was like third or fourth grade. In some subjects, I was more like fifth grade level, but they're like, well, you know, we can't really like just bump them up to fifth grade. <laughs> Five so, levels up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they'll just put me into third grade. And wow. so the next year they just let me skip second grade and they put me in third grade, which was super cool. I was like, I man, I saved so much years. time. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's epic. So time obsession started from early age and yeah. it follows through throughout your adulthood. I know you started working with a marketing agency, eventually started your own, and then yep. left it to go work for Microsoft. And, you mm. know, I listened on your, on your speech, you mentioned a moment in life that you literally had sequenced your day in a five or 15 minute increment. Yeah. Can you give us some insights about that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just to kind of clarify the career thing, mm -hmm. um, I was doing marketing for a while at a startup and then I eventually went to Microsoft. I was doing mm. consulting at Microsoft. And when I was at Microsoft, that's when I got really efficient with my time because wow. I was investing on the side. So I had other things to do and I had to get like super, super effective with my time. And so I literally planned my day out to the 15 minutes. Wow. I had every single 15 minute mark of my day planned out all the way from 4.45. 4.45 was when I woke up. It took me about 15 minutes to brush my teeth, get ready, get dressed. I was out of the door and I was 15 minutes away from a, a gym that I went to. They had a class at 5.15. Wow. 5.15 to 6 a.m. I was in that class. Then from 6 a.m., you know, so on. I went on, showered, got ready for work, and went to the office. And so literally every single day, like every Monday, I went to the same restaurants after work to eat for dinner. Every single day I had the same plan. So every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday. And that caused me to get super efficient because I'm like, if I don't have to think about where I'm eating next 100%. Wednesday, I'm going to this pizza place ordering XYZ every single time. It was always the exact same thing. I mean, too. I didn't have to Ooh, waste so time. Good. So good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I literally just do the exact same thing. And that gave me so much brain power to do the things that I wanted to do and, and like to learn, to practice investing, to do all these things that I didn't know how to do. That takes a lot of brain power. 100%. So if I could simplify my outfits, I had all my outfits planned out. I had all my routes planned out. I had everything planned out. Even the time that I got gas was always Thursday. Wow. Because Thursday I had class. I was in university in the, in the evening. So after work, on my way to class, conveniently there was a gas station. So that was the day that I chose to get gas. And every day, <laughs> Thursday, I would go have, I think Thursday was Chipotle. When I had Chipotle mm. after work, right after Chipotle, I would make a, a right turn and there was a gas station on that corner. So I'd pull into the gas station, get gas, and then keep going. Wow, that's a routinization <laughs> in a whole different level. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people put themselves in a situation where they're going to expend a lot of brain power and not yep. get much in return. 
yeah. you know, like hanging out with a lot of people that does not have the same interests as them and along with many other things. And when they look at an entrepreneur that, like for instance, going to the same restaurant like me, I go to Makoto every single Friday, Saturday, sometimes yeah. twice a week, and I order the same thing because I don't want to spend time thinking about, oh, let's try a new place and anything like that. But yeah. some people look at it like, oh, this is a boring life and this is an intense life. What would you have to say for somebody that have that type of mindset? Yeah, you know, to a certain point, like I think I personally took it a little bit too far. Um, and I actually, that's one of the things that kind of pushed me to do other things. Mm. Now, I realized that, hey, like I have all these things planned out and I felt like I was successful by certain measures. Yes, mm -hmm. I was super successful. I knew exactly what I was doing. Like everything was great, but I realized like it's not very fulfilling, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, yes, there are some things that I like to stick to routine with, but there are other things that I like to take and I like to spend that time and that brain power finding out new things and learning and practicing new things. And so for me, it's mostly... I want a baseline in my life that, right. hey, these are the things that I do all the time, but here's all my energy that I spend on extra things, on learning mm. this investment strategy and going to Dubai to go do due diligence on a company. Like all these extra things, they're not the same every week, but I have a baseline every week. Mm. I go to the gym, you know, I do have, I have all these things that I do every single day, no matter what. So that's epic because optimization is very important in every single aspect of life, right? Yeah. So another thing that I wanted to talk to you because we are having an unfair advantage here. The channels for people that either entrepreneurs that are looking for opportunities or new entrepreneurs that are just trying to find the, the path specifically. And I believe with you we have like an unfair advantage. We're going to get to you know, see how you can make the money as an entrepreneur and how you can get that money to work for you as well. So first thing, for somebody that is thinking about the concept of entrepreneurship, from your business journey, you went from working within an agency to going on your own. Mm -hmm. So you made a transition and it was successfully done in a way that you are here today doing the amazing thing that you're doing and helping the people. What would you give to somebody as a couple of lessons for somebody that is thinking about, okay, I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to leave what I'm doing because it's not, I don't feel fulfilled. Where should they start? I think the only way that you can change your life is if you have passive income. So whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're an investor, wow. whoever you are, you have to have passive income because 100%. then that gives you back control of your life. And one thing that I've realized is that when I wanted to make career decisions, I couldn't at that time because I was tied to my salary at Microsoft. Mm. I had to make you know, X amount every single year to pay my bills, to cover whatever I had expenses I had. And in order to do that, I was tied to that job because 100%. I just couldn't leave. And so I had to spend so much extra time on the back end developing investment opportunities and learning how to invest and doing all these things just to set myself free, to separate the money that I earn, the dollars that I earn from the hours that I work. Mm. And so I believe that if you can achieve passive income, if you can learn how to create passive income, you then have the freedom to choose, hey, I like this job or hey, I don't like this job or I want to do this, or I want to do that. And so whether you're an entrepreneur or you're an aspiring entrepreneur, if you have a nine to five, find a way to invest the extra money that you have. Keep that job. You have to have money to make money. 100%. So if you have a job, save as much money as you can, use that money to invest it, right? Whether you're investing into your own self-education, whether you're investing into a program that gets you access to more capital, like my program, for example, people come in that are in a nine to five position most of the time. Mm -hmm. I'd say 99% of people that join my program have a nine to five job. Wow. They join the program or maybe they own a business. Mm -hmm. 
they join the program. Sometimes they have no money to invest at all. Yeah. And so we face that every single day. Well, guess what? We have a solution for that. We have a way for them to get access to capital at wow. 0% interest, sometimes a very small interest rate. They get access to that capital and then they use it for investments that we have in our program. And immediately they're able to generate passive income. So whether they're mining Bitcoin or renting out exotic cars or they have an oil well or an e-commerce store or they're using my Forex software. They have so many different ways to create passive income wow. and some of them pay from day one. So they invest money today, they make money today. Wow. And now, guess what? You're working a job, maybe, you know, wherever at Facebook, you're working at Facebook as a developer. Now you have $10,000 a month that's coming in from this passive income stream. Well, now you can really make a decision. Do I 100%. want to work at Facebook or not? A hundred percent. You have that's freedom. Epic. You know, you mentioned this a string of different type of investments. Yeah. And for somebody that already have resources that are, you know, want to build that passive income, they would need a lot of clarity about, this program, because mentioning it on the road, some people would you know, understand the concept, like, okay, exotic cars. I guess if I can buy a car, but a car that's, that would make me a lot of money would cost yeah. hundreds of thousands. I don't have hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Can you just give us, like, take a couple of investments, opportunities that you have, because yeah. I know you spend the last six, seven years of your journey going through investments, yeah. facing, making all the mistakes, and clean it out, and now you offer those opportunities to anybody in your program yeah why don't you share with us like a couple of opportunities that you currently have on the program that every beginner can leverage for sure yeah so one of the biggest ones that we have and this is probably our biggest money maker at the moment mm. um it's my forex software Forex software forex software yeah so we have two different ways that people can approach the forex market number one let's say you have fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars you want to just put it into a brokerage account I will connect my software. My software is going to trade for you. We've wow. seen it do anywhere from like five to 20% a month. That's every single month. Let's say you make 10% in a month on your 50,000, you made five grand, then we just have a profit split at the end of the month. Mm. So very, very simple to get started. But let's say you're like, hey Austin, I don't want to even invest my own money. What can I do? Well, we can get you something called a prop firm. There prop are companies firm. out there that will give you access to capital to trade with. Mm. So we have literally people that join the program. Within a month, they have access to a million dollars or more in a prop firm account. It's a company that gives you a million dollar account. They're like, here, trade with it and give us 20% of your profits. That's all they wow. ask for. You're not liable for any losses. There's no credit check. It's not a loan. You're not making any payments. You're simply splitting the profits if you're profitable. No risk. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. And so imagine now you're making five to 10% a month on that. If you're making 10%, you're making $100,000 a month. Wow. And that's a reality for a lot of people. We have people making literally six figures a month from the program. So uh, that's one of the coolest investments. I'd say one of the most profitable. Mm -hmm. We also have one um, exotic cars. Exotic so exotic cars. cars, super, super cool investment. Honestly, like as far as ROI goes, you're making more in the exotic cars than Forex because you can get into an exotic car with as little as 20, 30, maybe $40,000 down. Let's say you put $30,000 down on a Lamborghini. You put $30,000 down. We're renting that thing for $1,600, $1,700 a day. Wow. On average, we're doing 10 to 15 days a month. Right, so we're making anywhere from fifteen to maybe twenty-five thousand dollars a month. month on this car. Now you're gonna have to split the profits with the operator. You're not doing this on your own. You just buy the car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You buy the car. You give it to one of our operators. The operator is gonna run the car for you. They're gonna market it. They're gonna take photos. They're gonna make sure it gets clean, wow. servicing everything. Totally hands-free for you. It's passive income. Let's say they make twenty thousand dollars that month. They're gonna split it with you fifty-fifty. So you keep ten. They keep ten. 
So you invested, let's say $30,000. You just made $10,000 a month. Wow. So you're making like 33% a month in profit. So the ROI is amazing. 100%. Yeah. And so now what if you have 10 of those cars? Now you're doing $100,000 a month. And guess what? That $30,000 that you invested, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just parked inside that vehicle. So you put it inside that vehicle. When you sell it, you're going to get the 30K back. So you're profitable from day one. And there's not really much risk because everything is covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. You own a physical asset. If inflation goes up, the value of your car goes up. So when you sell it, you could actually get more money than you put in. So. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny that you mentioned that there's a lot of cars that goes above MSRP. Yeah. Use one. Use one with like 10,000 miles goes above MSRP. Yeah. And like, how is the math add up? And obviously it's due to inflation and delay of production, you think also? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, delay. And people don't want to wait for cars. 100%. They'd rather just buy a used one. Interesting. I wish I connected with Aslan a couple of years ago. Because before COVID, when, you know, the business already doing great. I have a lot of funds. I'm like, you know what? I want to create this investment thing. I went ahead and registered a company called Tau Capital. I'm like, okay, a lot of I get a lot of business, good businesses that come to our agency for marketing and don't have the budget, and it's an opportunity to partner with them. So that's literally what I thought investment, the best investment available for me was back then. Did a couple of bad investments. COVID came and wiped the whole thing out, and it's like that was my first experience of investing. Mm. And I turned around. Now, every type of investment that I do is like, okay, investing in the software that I'm working on, yeah. I don't invest in anything else. So I know a lot of people might be able to relate, re- relate to this, but the aspect of this businesses that you're mentioning, it's 100% passive. Because yeah. I know a lot of people might confuse, you know, but I want to do passive income. Like the investment that I made was mostly like passive income, but I found myself hiring people and doing some stuff and that's not really passive have you came across people that kind of confuse the idea of investing and get themselves trapped up in situation that you have to get your, you have to get them out of yeah so some people they do confuse passive income with stuff that they actually have to work on like for example they'll go out and they'll buy an airbnb mm-hmm. and they still have to manage it oh, um, yeah. you know and so it's not really passive The way we try to do every single investment is that it's 100% passive. We have people in place, either an investment operator or a manager or somebody that's in there that's running the whole thing for you. Wow. I would rather pay part of my profits to somebody and have them manage everything than I have to manage every single one of my investments. First of all, there's no way I could keep track. I have maybe 40 different things that I invest in. And so for me, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll give you part of my profits. Just run it. And... That also incentivizes them because 100%. they're getting a part of the profits. They're making sure that that thing is operating really well. And a lot of times these people are experts. So like mm-hmm. my exotic cars, I don't rent them out personally. I want somebody who's an expert who's been in the industry for five years, who has a huge online presence, who has ads running already, who has yep. an existing customer base. Why would I go out and build that for myself if I could just use their whole company and their system? They're already running it. A hundred percent. You know, it's like... A lot of time it's like information, right? Information is the difference between what we want and where we are right now, right? For somebody that doesn't have access to Haston for some reason, and they're thinking about, okay, I have this money and I want to find something to invest in. Do you have like key criteria that you're looking in a business before you make an investment? Yeah, so there's a few things that I look for. One of the biggest things for me is like, Hey, you know, how long has this company been around? Mm -hmm. Are they actually doing what they say that they're doing? I want to make sure that I understand what the owners believe in as a long-term strategy for their company. I want to understand how they're making money. Mm -hmm. I don't really invest in things where I don't understand how they're making money. 
I have to make sure I understand exactly how they're making their the concept. For yeah, you. the concept and their long-term vision for that company. If I don't mm. agree with their philosophy or how they run their business, I just won't invest. Because for me, it has to make sense and it also can't be something that's like hurting other people. Like I get offers all the time to invest into things that I believe are not good, like maybe tobacco or something like that gambling. or alcohol. Yeah, gambling. Like I don't think those things are helping people. So for me personally, that's not part of my portfolio. Mm. I don't like those things personally and I disagree with them and so I won't invest in them. Oh wow, it makes a lot of sense. Wow. So like, you know, just aligning you to, with your ethics because your gut has a lot to do when you're making decisions. Mm -hmm. If you, are not, you don't feel inclined towards something, you don't want to invest in it until you do your due diligences and find out exactly what the process is like. Interesting. At this stage, I know you have switched a lot of your focus towards education. Yeah. What's the education process like when somebody is like, okay, I want to get involved with your, your program. What's the process like and who is the program for? Yeah, so the program is really for anybody who wants to create passive income. It's for people who want to achieve that time freedom. They want to have the ability to control their time. There's three types of freedoms that we can pursue as humans. Number one is financial freedom. Financial freedom. They want to have freedom in their finances. They can buy whatever they want. They don't look at the price tag. They just buy it because they need that thing. Second of all is time freedom. time freedom. So they can do whatever they want. If they want to be in Miami on a Wednesday afternoon, they can be in Miami on a Wednesday afternoon. You know, you want to have freedom to do whatever you want with your time. And there's also geographical freedom. Geographical so am I tied freedom, to yeah. a certain state or country or whatever it is? Or do I have the freedom to be wherever I want, whenever I want, with whoever wow. I want? And spending as much money as I want. Exactly. That's powerful. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's really who it's targeted towards. It's people who want to achieve those freedoms in their life. And so um, the process is pretty simple. There's three things that we do. Number one, we get everybody access to capital. Mm. So they need to get access to investment capital that they can use for their investments. Number two, we show them all the different things that I invest in personally. So I let them see my portfolio. This is what I'm invested in. This is what I'm not invested in. And so they can copy literally everything that I do. Wow. And then thirdly, we help them scale that to six figures. That's, that's incredible. Actually giving people access to your portfolio. You know, in a lot of training, a lot of program, you're going to see somebody teaching something or selling a course about something and they're actually not doing it. Yeah. So being in a position where you, you know, confidently can open your portfolio and show a lot of people, it's just it's a huge difference maker. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes they don't have the personal confidence. They have the money and they're like, okay, I want to do something. But because they're not confident about themselves, they don't take action. And some people just don't like what they do as a day job and they want to become entrepreneurs. But because they're not confident about themselves, they don't want to do it. They believe it's built for somebody that is different. Yeah. You know, I remember in my own like situation when I started, my own roommate told me that, Oh, you didn't go to school in America. You don't even speak English. What makes you believe you can, can create a marketing agency, right? So there's a lot of people with this type of beliefs and it's, you know, pretty much inherited by the environment or where they, they, have, they grew up, right? So for somebody like yours that have, you know, pretty much went through the echelons of life as a financial success is concerned, what was the main confidence, confidence giver that you have? Like a source of confidence that you tap in that allow you to make the decisions that you made even seen as risky in most of the instances. I came to the realization that the only way that I can possibly fail is if I stop trying. 
Mm. And for me, that was the biggest thing. I was like, okay, so that means that it's impossible to fail. There is no such thing as failure. Wow. I can either learn a lesson. So if I make an investment, two thing, one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to learn a lesson or I'm going to win my investment. I'm going to win money. So wow. I either win knowledge or I win money. I can only win. And wow. once you have that mindset shift, you're like, okay, well, I can't really fail then. So I either become better at investing or I'm going to make a bunch of money. That's I powerful. That's powerful. As yeah. simple as it sounds, it's very powerful because yeah. there's no failure. Yeah. Because you're going to keep trying. Exactly. You're going to less, give, get a lesson. Yeah. I remember you mentioned something really interesting in your speech. You say that failure is just a redirection. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I was like, wow. It's a redirection, right? You said mm -hmm. that, right? Redirection of Redirect. GPS. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Where, how did this concept come about? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was just thinking about it and I'm like, well, failure is not final, you know? And so if we know that failure is not final and if we have our goal in mind, we're always going to be moving towards that goal. And if 100%. we try to go this way, well, then a failure is just us turning in a different direction because this route may be closed for us. So we're wow. going to take a different route. We're just going to take a different route and a different route. And one of those routes is going to take us to our goal. And so life is really just, or failure is just a redirection of life's GPS because now we know that, hey, my goal was never affected. My mm. goal wasn't affected and I was never affected. The only thing that was affected was the route that I tried to take. Mm. And so then it became a learning lesson. Now I learned, okay, this was the wrong route to take. Let me try a different route. And so wow. that's what failure really is. And we, we think that it's such a bad thing, but it's really a good thing because it helps us get closer to the right path. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, something just came to my mind. We really didn't, like, we didn't zoom into your journey. And for people to be able to relate to it, can you give us, like, your journey? I know, I know a couple of things. I, I think I added something extra. I mentioned that you opened your own agency as well, but you mm -hmm. didn't do that. You went straight to Microsoft. Yeah. How's your business journey? So from, like, four years old, optimizing time to Houston Zealand today, what are the key major steps that you think, you know, you have stepped on? And then the success that you had that leap forward you to like the next journey. Yeah. So, you know, back at Microsoft, I wanted to learn how I could create passive income. And so at that point, I was already investing. I was already trying different things. And the first thing for me was Forex. Forex. So I was trading Forex. I became wow. a professional trader on my own, just trading manually. And that was mm. cool. But I wanted to find a way to automate it because I didn't have time freedom. I was still tied to trading at certain times of the day. And so I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have time freedom too. And it just didn't make sense to me. And so I created a software that trades automatically. Wow. And that's so, one of the investments, opportunities yeah. they give people, right? Exactly. So now it is still part of my program. And we've been using this for about six years now. Uh, the software that you literally deposit money into a brokerage account. You connect the software and the software does all the hard work for you. It literally does all the analysis, it opens trades, closes trades, it does all that. And that's when I really realized, I'm like, wow, I could take this somewhere. And so I tried it out on my own money for about a year. Mm -hmm. I put, I got credit cards, maybe like $45,000 of credit cards. I put it into a brokerage account and I'm wow. like, well, I'm either gonna lose 45K or I'll make a bunch of money. And thankfully it worked out. Um, by the end of the year, I had over $200,000 in the account. Wow. And so I was able to pay off the credit cards and then I had all this extra cash. I'm like, wow, this is great. This is something that I could do. That's when I realized that this was such a powerful opportunity. And then I started taking on clients and I would let them lease out my software. So they'd pay me like a fee to use my software um, and they'd use the software and that's really where everything started. And then eventually I started diversifying. Um, so past the software, I realized, okay, I have the software going, it's great, I love it, but I don't wanna be stuck all in on one investment. What if mm. I could invest into other things too? 
So I started investing into oil wells and e-commerce and exotic cars and all these different things. And now I started building a portfolio one by one by one. And now I have this big portfolio that I know that, hey, even if my Airbnbs don't perform, my oil well is going to be performing and my e-commerce stores are going to be performing mm. and this is going to continue paying me and that's going to continue paying me. So that gives you stability as an investor 100%. because a lot of people are like, oh, well, what if my investments don't work out? Well, invest in more things then. If you invest in more things, that's right. You're gonna you're gonna have a stable portfolio, and it's gonna produce a solid amount of income month after month after month. And you can be a full time investor. Just protect yourself. Be smart. A hundred percent. And this is everything that we'll be able to learn with you, right? Yeah. I remember you mentioned something really interesting as far as diversification. You're like, okay, if you if you wanna just do real estate, there's still diverse diversification options that you can do in real estate. Yeah. Can you extend a little bit about it? I think it was really interesting. Yeah, so there's two types of diversification that I teach. There's internal diversification internal. and external diversification. Mm. So let's talk about external diversification. It's kind of like the bigger picture. So like I said, I have real estate and then I have exotic cars and then I have Bitcoin mining and then I have luxury watches and yachts and jets and all these different things. So for me, those are all external diversifications because those industries don't really have too much to do with each other. They're external. Now let's zoom in on one. Let's zoom in on real estate. So okay. internal diversification happens within that sector. Mm. So within real estate, I could have a house in Miami. I could have a house in uh, New York. I can have a house in Connecticut, in Kentucky, in Texas, in Tennessee. Different so states. I'm, I'm diversifying because if New York shuts down, my house in Texas is still doing really well. Right. My house, if Tennessee, if something happens in Tennessee, okay, cool. Well, my house in Miami is still doing really well. Mm. Right? And I have all these different options, but you can even go further. Why do you have to stick to just houses? You could do houses, you could do condos, you could do townhomes. You have mm. so many different options. And so that really protects us because we're diversifying so much within each sector, but don't forget, we're still diversified externally. Mm. So not only are we maximizing the profitability and minimizing the risk of each sector individually, we're also diversified externally. So if, if real estate doesn't perform, like if we're really that bad at real estate that we diversified and we're still not profitable, well, it's okay because we did that in all the other sectors too, and wow. they're still paying us. So you'd become a hundred percent bulletproof in some ways. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's Ever. all, you know, investing is not about controlling the market. We can't control our profits and we can't control the market. But what we can do is diversify and control our risk. The only thing mm. we can control is our risk. So I am a master of identifying ways to control risk. Wow. Minimizing risk. That's one priority that I have in my life. How can I minimize risk? And I think diversification is really key. And that's why I have so many layers to my diversification. Mm, well, that's really epic. You know, listening to your terms, you know, you, are, you have a lot of financial terms that derive from your <laughs> trading days. Yes. I recently started looking into Forex and I see oh, yes. risk management. You have to understand how much you want to risk in a specific deal. Yeah. And those are rules that you still apply until today. Oh, yeah. Right. I think trading really taught me to be a good investor because I see everything very, very logically. logically. I'm like, okay. Let's say I'm taking a trade. I can make $1,000 or I can lose $1,000. So I have a one-to-one -one risk to reward. And I've taken that concept into everything. Wow. Like, okay, let's say I buy this house. I can lose X amount or I can gain X amount. Does it make sense? Is it a positive risk to reward? Can I gain more than I can lose? Perfect. Let's do it. Hmm, that's epic. And, you know, right now being known all over the world by your students and business partners and pretty much everybody that watches your content. Being known as the person that you go to if you have an investment opportunity. 
I can imagine the amount of bombardment that you get on a daily basis. So I have this cool opportunity here. What, how do you manage going through this as far as like filtering? Because there is some good stuff that can show up. But if mm -hmm. you have all these things coming, you cannot say no to all of it. There's some amount of work that you need to do. What's like the techniques that you use to pretty much put the odds on your side? Yeah, so really what I do is I don't pay too much attention to random investment opportunities. Mm. What I find is that the good investment opportunities are usually coming from people who are very experienced. And so I want access to stuff that's not publicly available because the publicly available investment opportunities I have found are usually not that great. Wow. And that's why they're available publicly. And, and, and that's why people pay to be in my program because we have access to all the private opportunities. You mentioned Dubai. I was in Dubai for a very, very exclusive private investment opportunity. I'm not even allowed to talk too much about it. Wow. But I'll tell you that the royal family of Dubai is invested into it. And we came there to meet the people, to meet the CEO, to meet all their, their company. We went to their office, we toured, we wow. recorded as much as we were allowed to record. But even my videographer was very limited on what we could record because we can't share for privacy reasons. Wow. And so that's a private investment opportunity that we have in my program. But that's something that, first of all, in Dubai, by the way, you're not allowed to have debt. So 100%, yeah. if for some reason, like we invest and these people do not like they miss one payment to us, one profit payment, they would go to jail immediately because they're not, they would go into debt. So <laughs> that's not allowed. In, that's, debt isn't that's, allowed in Dubai. That's like a hundred percent profit for sure. Yeah. You're gonna get I'm not back. allowed to say guarantee, but it's <laughs> as close as you can get. Secondly, wow. they have monthly and quarterly reporting of every financial transaction to the government. Thirdly, they're invested into by the royal family who just spent the last two and a half years doing their due diligence on them. Wow. I really don't think you can do much more due diligence than that. And Definitely so not. for me, it's one of the most solid investment opportunities and it's paying out about 2% a month. 2% a month. And it's all guaranteed by a contract. Wow. So as far as doing due diligence and getting access to stuff like that, you're not going to find that on some dude DMing you on Instagram. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> like you have to fly out there and have private meetings with these people who are not on social media. These yeah. are people who are very private. You're not going to find them anywhere. You have to go out there and you shake their hand and you talk to them over dinner and you figure out if this is a good investment for you or not, which I believe it is, but wow. it's a private opportunity. And so people pay to be part of my community because they want access to stuff like that. 100%. And that's not everybody that gets access to it. I had to spend a lot of time developing the relationships in order to get me in that room. 100%. Now that I've got myself in that room, I provide that opportunity for my students. Wow. And, you know, just talking about it, you have taken your fair share of losses yeah. in this journey of figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Because if you're going to provide a program to somebody, yeah. If something doesn't work out, they're gonna to come to you. They're gonna, you know, mm -hmm. you have them in your program. They're gonna pretty much, it's your own reputation at risk. Mm -hmm. So I know you're doing like really in-depth due diligences. It's part of the investment journey. I know, you know, if you invested for a day or even like, you know, a short period of time, you're gonna find out things that, you know, you're gonna learn a lot of lessons. We don't call them failures, right? Yeah. What type of investment do you, did you get into in the past that really punched you in the face and you like never again? Do you have a few examples that you feel comfortable sharing? Um, yeah. So I would say, first of all, like out of all the investments that I've ever done in my entire life, I'd say about 60 to 70% of them were profitable. Mm. And so knowing that it really kind of like a lot of people were already starting to ask me about investments at that point. And I'm like, wow, well, 
I don't even know what to tell you because like even my own portfolio is maybe 60 or 70% profitable investments. Now, I was still net positive, right? Because I had the, the winners were much bigger than the losers, 100%. but out of 10 investments, only six or seven are profitable. So I don't even know like what, what should you invest in? So I decided to do it myself, figure it out, what pays me and what doesn't, take out the investments that don't pay me, or the three or four that lose, I'm gonna mm -hmm. remove them and I'm gonna take the six or seven winners and put them into my program. Mm -hmm. And so now that I have the 60 to 70% of winners in my program, the chances of the next person investing into one of these is probably very close very to 100% profitability, right? Because I've already won with all these investments, 100%. so now I can remove that fear of that person potentially losing. Wow. So I took them to a place where, okay, I'm going to try it out. Let me be the test. The test. Yeah. I'll, I'll test it out with my own money. If I lose, I lose. If I win, I'll tell you about it. And so mm -hmm. I told them about these winners that I'm making money with and they can have the opportunity to be a part of that investment and to invest money into the things that have already worked for me and have already made me money. Wow. That's in incredible. What's yeah. like, is your program fully open or is it exclusive to a certain extent where only, you know, specific people or specific budget is allowed? to look into the program? No, it's open. We have financing available. So we have people from all backgrounds joining. Um, yeah, it's, it's very open. Interesting, interesting. You know, let's wrap this up with something nice. In your journey, what type of resources or asset have you, like, have you came across that really helped you strengthen your mind, strengthen your conviction? Because it's, we, you play a risky game, right? Like go, game of investment, it's like, always intense, you have to make the right decision, otherwise yeah. you can pretty much take yourself out. What type of resources was you able to rely on in moments where you like, let's say after taking a really like bad trade, you know, a trade that didn't work out on your favor, mm -hmm. you know, it's sometimes one trade can make people walk away forever from the screens, from mm -hmm. the sharks, right? So what type of resources have you leveraged that allowed you to keep your head, you know, straight, yeah. keep your head up, and keep moving towards the next investment. Yeah, and you know, we, we kind of talked, we wanted to talk about some of the losing investments that I've had, and I've yeah. had losing investments in Forex, like I've invested in some people where they said they have like a trading software or something, wow. similar to what I do, but mm -hmm. it ended up just like losing all my money. Wow. And like, that's fine, but I was okay with it because I had a long-term mindset. And I think that's the most important thing as an investor. It's like, okay, if you lose one investment, that just means that you're making progress. That doesn't mean that your investment career is wow. over, you know? And for me, it's like, okay, I might've taken a loss now and my next investment could be a loss too. I don't know, but I have a long-term mindset. I know that in the long run, I'm going to make money because mm. maybe not every investment is going to make money, but most of them are because I'm being smart about my investments and I'm doing the best that I can. And so, like you said, like some people take one bad trade and walk away. Walk away. That's, that's not the smart thing to do because they're thinking of the short term. They're thinking, oh, today I lost. But what about tomorrow? What about this year? What about this decade? Did you 100%. win in this decade? Wow. And you're, you're literally robbing yourself of the opportunity to win this decade if you focus on the loss from today. Wow, that's powerful. You know, the first week that I started, I looked into Forex, put some money in there. I'm like, okay, look into some technical analysis. I'm like, I got it. The pattern is clean. <laughs> Let me jump in. I got in the trade and I fall asleep. I didn't set up a stop loss. Oh, no stop loss, gang. <laughs> I woke up in the morning, so the market traded towards my, my position, and I didn't put like take profit either. I was just looking at it, just enjoying it. I'm like, I'm not going to get to sleep. I'm going to watch it. 
right until of course over the 50 and then and then i'll get out of the trade because i know from there it's going on a downturn looking at it just chilling knocked out on the couch wake up in the morning and to like a, a big red account and that was you know it was i listened to a lot of mark douglas so that got back me into got yeah. me back to, to you know like okay take it as a one-time experience because yeah. he pitched the fact that in life no incidents is ever going to be the same but a lot of time we take an experience for something that happened in the mm -hmm. past yeah. and anytime we see something similar to it we automatically project the failure that we had in the past and therefore not take the opportunity yeah and it costs it costs us a lot of great opportunities most of the time yeah so what type of resources uh, did it allow you to did it allow you did it help you to go through those bad trades like the bad investing? Mm -hmm. Did you read some books or you had like particular people that you would listen to to strengthen your mindset? Mm -hmm. You know, like to develop a new mindset towards investing. Well, you know, one of the biggest uh, figures that I look up to in business and investing is Elon Musk. Elon. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting the way that he does business. Um, you know, he doesn't look at previous experiences like most of the things that he does is just brand new like yeah. no, but nobody's <laughs> been to mars you know he's just like hey i want to do this so i'm going to do it wow and so he just looks at things that he wants to do and he doesn't listen to anybody and he just does it wow you know and so for me that was like okay cool like that's uh, that really is inspiring for me and it helps me as an investor because i think very similarly like i don't really i really don't like copying somebody else's career like, I don't mm. like being like, oh, this person did that, so I can do that too. I want to just be free from all those ideas and all those, because to some point, there are limitations. You know, 100%. like this person runs a trillion dollar company, so that could give me the subliminal message or subconsciously somewhere I could think that, oh, well, trillion dollars is a lot. But mm -hmm. what if I want a quadrillion dollar company? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have even thought of that until I stopped thinking about a trillion dollar company because 100%. right now having a trillion dollar valuation is very impressive, very impressive, 100%. right? And so what if I want a quadrillion dollar valuation? So I'm not gonna focus my career in somebody else's company or career mm -hmm. or the heights that they reached because wow. I don't want that to act like a limitation for me. I wanna That's have powerful. an open mind. That's powerful. You know, that remembers me of a funny story. Have you heard about a movie called Prison Break? Prison Break? It yeah. was a series. You know, so there, there's a story that goes that, you know, people, some people watch this, this episode, you know, this TV show, and they figure out how to get out of jail, you know, to break out. Oh, yeah. But the second episode took forever to come. So they <laughs> didn't know how to get away, how to hide. Because <laughs> the last season, the first season ended where they broke out, yeah. and they was chasing them in the bushes, and they was running. So there's no master plan. The master plan was coming in the second episode, but because the second episode took forever to come, yeah. those people was, <laughs> was stuck in the middle of nowhere. It's like, okay, we got out, but they got caught. Like, imagine if this is a real story, it kind of relates to yeah. like your idea. Well, this person is making 20K a month. I want to make 20K a month. So you go do the same exact things that they're doing, and you're like, okay, now I'm at 20K. Okay, what's next? If that person doesn't go above that, you wouldn't have anything to pretty much be able to replicate. So that concept of thinking independently mm -hmm. it's, and setting up your goal independently of anybody else, I think it's a really, really great aspect. Yeah, definitely. Are you a big reader? 
Um, I do like reading. I know you know used to be like a massive, massive reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I like audiobooks now. Yeah. Um, but I used to when I was young. I used to every Saturday. I would read a whole book before I got out of bed. Wow, that's epic. <laughs> yeah. I claim to be like, uh, call myself a big reader, but like one book a day, and that's epic. Yeah, well, not every day, but yeah. Yes. When I was younger, when I was in school, I'd get these books from the library, and uh-huh. they weren't like massive books or anything, but I would read a whole book before I got out of bed. And it usually would take me a while, mm-hmm. you know, but I would get through it, and I oh, loved wow. it. <laughs> any business book that you think that anybody listening right now can benefit from that you have read in the past? As far as suggestions, um, I would say good to great. You know, love that book. You know what's funny? <laughs> I, I, every time that I ask somebody a book yeah. for the suggestion, and if they say it and I have it, I feel so good. <laughs> you yeah. don't even understand. You have that book? I have two copies of it. Nice. It's a great book. <laughs> yes, yeah, amazing, an amazing, amazing yeah, yeah, book. Yeah. So definitely something yeah. to check out. My books is one of the things that, like, one of the very personal things for me personally. And for the longest period of time, if you see a book in my house and you're like, hey, Mo, can I read this book? I was like, no, I can send it to you on, a, like, I can send it to your house. I get it on Amazon and ship it to you, but not this one. This one is mine. <laughs> but since I started the podcast, I decided to do something special, give all my guests access to my library to go in and pick any book they like from the collection. So awesome. I would like to, you know, bless you with one of those guests, look into the library and think of, you know, anything that crosses your mind. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna select it. Let's go select it. I'm gonna turn the camera. All right. It seems like it's a little dark here, but I think we should be able to see it. Yeah, let's do it. Boom. Huh. Yeah, we are. We need some lights. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, you do have good to great. Let's good see to here. Two copies: the old one and the new one. Hmm. Love people, these things. Mm-mm-mm. I have a lot of these books. You have a lot of those, right? Mm-hmm. I can imagine. It's the product of choice now. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's do. Hmm. Factor change intelligence. I think I'm gonna do outliers. Outliers. Boom. I love it. I love it. Have beautiful. Uh, yeah, Mark Malcolm is epic. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Huston, thank you for coming. This has been incredible. And yeah. make sure we still, you know, we are in the frame. Thank you for coming. This was really epic. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. Before you leave, me, man. I, what you're very, very welcome. Before you leave, what type of insights? Like if you was to give an advice you have you are allowed to give you know have a short conversation with anybody you love before you like completely ship out to a different country where they would not hear from you again what would your short message be for them to have a successful life yeah i would say the biggest thing is just realizing that the only way that you can succeed is if you have some failures along the way mm-hmm. and don't let the fear of failure stop you from achieving the things that you are meant to achieve. Because literally, I would say 99% of people do not achieve what they're called to achieve because they're too afraid to fail. Wow. That stops almost everybody. So if you can remove that one thing from your life, your life is going to change. Wow, that's powerful. Guys, thank you for watching. 
If you are listening to the audio version on the podcast platform, you can go on YouTube and look for Mohammed Zilla. Mohammed and Tal. I was like trying to put your last name. <laughs> <laughs> you look for Mohammed's and Aston's interview, and you get to see the YouTube version of it as well, the video version of it as well. Comment if you have any questions. I will link Aston's program and details. If you need any other detail, feel free to put put it down in the comment. I'll connect to so we can make it easy for you to get into the program and share the video with whoever you think can benefit with this as well. So until the next time, take care and I'll see you guys later.